Yes, on this feast of Christ the King, words from that gospel we just heard read, the King will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. I'm just old enough, and perhaps some of you are, to remember a program on what was then termed in the dim and distant past and was called the BBC Home Service, if you remember it, <laughs> to remember that highly regarded program with the arresting title, The Brains Trust. And one member of the panel who was well known both for his brains as well as for his atheistic views was a certain Professor Jode who incidentally at the end of his life converted to being a very active and committed Christian. But that's for a very different sermon on a different occasion. But the reason I mention Professor Jode is because when any question was put to the highly intelligent brains panel, Professor Jode would always begin his reply by simply saying, it all depends what you mean by. It all depends what you mean by this particular word you've used in the question. And indeed, on this Feast of Christ the King and the reading in the Gospel about the King and his kingdom, of which you and I are the inheritors, yes, it does all depend on what you mean by a king, or for that matter, what you mean by his kingdom, and what you mean by us, his citizens. So when Pilate, you remember, at the trial of Jesus, pops that $10,000 question to Jesus, are you a king? Jesus replies, that is what you are saying, says Jesus, which could equally well be translated, that's your word. And a bit like Professor Jode, it all depends what you mean, Pilate, by a king. Pilate knew what he meant. Or did he? Because Jesus came and comes to show us a very different kind of king and a very different kind of kingdom and central to both king and kingdom, he comes to show us a very different understanding of what we mean by power and the exercise of power. That word used five times in the epistle we just heard read. So when the epistle we've just heard read speaks of the immeasurable greatness of God's power and the working of his great power, we need to stop and ask Professor Jode's question. Yes, it all depends what you mean by power. For the power of earthly kings and emperors is the very opposite of the power exhibited in the person of Christ the King who paradoxically has a throne, but it's the throne of the cross from which he reigns. He has a crown, but it's a crown of thorns. You see, the cross of Calvary stands, I believe, at the crossroads of history, asking us to stop and look down two very different ways of living, two very different roads. The road to the left, like those goats in the parable, though not politically, has no political overtones. Well, no, I don't think it does. The road to the left reads on the signpost, the love of power, a road chosen by the majority of Caesars, leaders, kings, emperors, and prime ministers. The road to the right 
admittedly a road less traveled, as Isaiah says, reads on that signpost the power of love, a love and power expressed through service. And that, dear friends, is the ultimate choice and challenge throughout the whole of history, which the Feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday of the church's year, puts to us today as we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. So, very briefly, three points. Comparing and contrasting the exercise of power, the love of power or the power of love. First, the love of power, you see, seeks to win votes. Those votes which vacillate according to popularity and the passing vogue of the day. That's how Barabbas won the day, you remember, by winning the favor of the crowd. Here today, and gone tomorrow though, old Barabbas. While the power of love doesn't seek to win votes, it seeks to win hearts, your heart and mine. Perceived, as the epistle says, by the eyes of the heart enlightened by the gospel of the kingdom. Old Barabbas had his little day. Brutes and braggarts have their little day. We shall never bow the knee as it says in Elgar's pomp and circumstance. But Jesus the Christ changed history, changed the way we date our calendars. Yes, taught us to see everything from a totally different perspective with a love which has brought trillions and trillions to their knees willingly in worship, love and adoration for 2,000 years and is still going strong. Secondly, the love of power necessarily recruits slaves and servants and seeks to enslave the citizens of that kingdom. The power of love is expressed, however, on the contrary, through service. I was always sad that Margaret Thatcher called her autobiography The Road to Power. She should have called it, of course, what we want from all our politicians, the road to service. Jesus said himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. And that was most powerfully demonstrated, of course, in that upper room when Jesus did the most menial of tasks and washed the feet of the disciples. And as the saying goes, he literally stooped to conquer. That's how it's done. As he knelt and bent over the dirty feet of his followers, girded with a towel, head over heels, literally. Metaphorically, head over heels in love. Yes, winning hearts and lives by the power of a love expressed in service. And finally... The love of power never dares to show any weakness or vulnerability. It's afraid of tears. Living by those words, might is right, with the end justifying the means. While contrarywise, the power of love is not afraid of weakness, but on the contrary, as St. Paul discovered from the Lord, 
that strength which is perfected in and through our weakness. That same strength and power which raised Jesus from the depths of death to that new life in that kingdom which has no end. And indeed that same strength and power which can raise you and me from the depths of our failures and our human frailty to become, God help me, to become inheritors and citizens of that eternal kingdom where Christ is our true king, reigns in the hearts and lives of his citizens, hearts won by the power of love, which is infinite. Yes. I'm sometimes asked if I believe that everyone will be saved in the end. Do you know, I dare to answer yes. Of course, it all depends what you mean by saved. But I dare to answer yes. Why? Because I believe when we finally see the true God, the true face of God, rather than the monstrous caricatures of much that parades as religion, I truly believe we will find the power of God's love simply irresistible, irresistible, while still exercising our free will. Yes. Why? Because Jesus himself said, I, if I be lifted up on that throne, the cross, I will attract, draw all men and women to me, he says. Yes. So as we come to the end of the church's year and stand on the eve of church's new year, beginning next Sunday, Advent Sunday, the church once again invites you and me and all the citizens of his kingdom to come to that Calvary of the heart, to the crossroads of the cross of Calvary, and to choose between those two different ways of life, the love of power or the power of love. Or as that same basic question is put in Deuteronomy, what does it say? Today I put before you the way of life and the way of death. Choose life. The way of him who himself is the way to life, namely Christ the King. <laughs>